Welcome to Set the Stage Podcast. Hi, I'm Margaret. I'm Jordan. Who are you? Oh, so soon. No so banter. No banter. Oh, no I'm sorry. Ban- we can banter okay. This was the banter. I, I inserted it. Yeah. Um, I'm Margaret. She, her, hers. Um, I'm a director, dramaturg, and stage manager of new plays and musicals. Oh, love it. Wow. Wow. I'm Jordan. She, her, hers. I'm a director, collaborator, and educator on new work, devised projects, and immersive experiences. Immersive experiences? Immersive. Can you just um, tell us what that is really quick? Because you've been saying it for weeks now, and I feel like maybe not everybody knows. Yeah, an immersive experience is one where there are no walls and there are no real boundaries between... No walls, not a single wall. There could be some walls like conceptually in the set, but as far as like a hypothetical wall between the actors and the audience, like that doesn't Ah. exist. So it's a little bit more interactive. The fourth wall. Yes, that's the wall. That In particular, that is the wall. Uh, but there are a lot of immersive experiences that don't have any walls. Like if it's an outdoor immersive experience. Sure. Like if you're running around the park, like that's fun. Sleep No More definitely has walls. Yeah, Sleep No More has many walls and many floors and is quite the, quite the time. Um, but Sleep No More is like a very popular um, uh, example of an immersive experience. Yeah. There's so many and um, they're really great. Why do you like them? Um, I like the, um, the danger of an immersive experience. Danger. The danger. Um, I just think that. Why is it dangerous? Well, it's just an audience can be unpredictable. So that's a very a dangerous part of it. And also like um, because it is so interactive, like you just really have to um, plan accordingly. And I like the uh, that planning aspect of like, what are what is this opening statement? And like, what are the rules of this world? Because you are you you have to fully live in the world at 200% in order for the audience to want to live in the world as well. Mm. Cause they're not just viewing the world that you're living in. They have to experience and live in it as with you. Um, which is, you know, a very, um, a very tricky thing, An but extra it's your challenge. Yeah. Which is really lovely. And I like it. And, um, I work with this really great group in Chicago. Hey, Birch house. Um, Boop, boop, boop. They are working on a new show that I'm excited about, and I got to hear a little bit about it. And I'm super excited for them. Yeah, I just saw the little announcement. Yeah, so I am. Um, I'm hoping that I can, uh, you know, help them from afar if I can, because I love them and have worked on so many projects with them. Yeah, and they're great people. Aww. Yeah. Um, that's what an immersive experience is. Thank you so much for sharing. I do have an immersive immersive theater packet if anyone would like it i will send it to their way okay great yeah it's really fun um yeah margaret how was your week so this week i really became the fix it person of my household which already um i am the go-to um my roommates call me head of household i, love I deal with all the problems <laughs> um <laughs> And things like that. But no, I'm usually like the go between between with like our like landlord or um, with the super and stuff like that. Like I am the 
the person that does that. And um, this week, my dog chewed through the um, coax cable, which is the cable that brings Wi-Fi into the house, basically Wi-Fi and cable. Um, we don't have cable, but like if we did, this, that would be the cable that does it. And um, he really fucked it up, and that was not great. Was he hungry? Did, was it <laughs> no, tasty? He was anxious. He was anxious. Oh. Anyways, okay, so he did that, and so I had to figure out how to. Basically, I had to cut the cable. Um, I watched a lot of YouTube videos about how to fix it, but so I like um, got these wire cutter things, and I cut. Um, I cut the ends off of like what he he chewed. And then I pulled the cable like out of the wall because it was like stapled to the wall. And then I had to bring the slack around. And then I had to, um, so coax cables I learned have like a lot of layers to them. So you have to do different things with each layer um, and like cut them and then basically make it so that you can like make a connector that it's like extension cords. Like if one extension cord is not long enough, you have to like connect it with the like plug. So basically I like created two plugs on either side of a cable that used to be connected so that I could connect it together and make it continue to run. Wow. You're basically like a technician. Oh, my check-in is that I went and worked out for the first time in like two and a half, three months. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And like, I used to go to the gym all the time. Like gym rat. Yeah. Like I used to uh, work at a gym and you know, for a really long time. And so I love working out and I always feel really good, but just like scheduling and everything like that, I just couldn't bring myself to go the past like three months. Um, and I went the other day and it was like, I had never worked out before in my life. Like I I walked up the stairs and I was out of breath and I was like, this is awful for me. And, um, so I went and I worked out and I was very surprised with myself because I was able to run like a mile and a half without, um, you know, really struggling. And I was like, this just means tomorrow is going to suck. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it felt really good. What so are we, what are we talking about today, Mark? Ah, yes. <laughs> um, okay. So this week we're going to talk about kind of like getting new work produced in getting your own new work produced in New York mm-hmm. and kind of the steps that it takes to the life, the beginning steps of a new play. Yeah. Um, here. And um, kind of like the financial and social barriers that um, are in the way. Yeah, which is that. which is really big because you love to work on new work. Like we yeah. both work on new work. And also it's a very important thing to know in New York um, ecosystem. In the New York ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are you currently dealing with this personally? Or? Uh, yes. Oh, tell me more. Well, kind of personally. Um, So I'm working on, so it's festival season um, here in the city. Uh, So basically everything I'm doing right now is part of a festival. And um, uh, the festival culture is very much like playwrights submit a show um, and then essentially like end up becoming the producer for that show um, in that they're the ones in charge of like assembling a team And I mean, like once you get a director on board, the director typically says like, oh, here's a scenic designer I always work with or something like that. Like I definitely like picked my like designers that I work with a lot and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But the playwright slash producer person then becomes in charge of like all the marketing things and all of the finances. Um, Because at minimum, even if you're not paying people, which I like 
refuse to participate in. Right. Um, even if it's a hundred dollars, like for the show, like that is important to me, mm-hmm. um, that everybody gets paid, uh, something and, um, which you think, think should be standard, but it's not. Yeah. Um, so, um, but then at minimum you have to get rehearsal space, which is heckin' expensive. Yeah. Um, like cheap rehearsal space is $15 an hour. Yeah. And you rehearse like three hours a day for at least 15 days mm-hmm. for these shows. Yeah. But probably more than that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's really expensive. And um, in order to then like, so you get your play accepted in a festival, but then you have to figure out how to make that actually happen, um, which which is a lot of money. So um, I was talking to this playwright that asked me to direct her show. Um, she was like, you know, what do you advise, like, based on being in this situation before? Because um, she had not really self-produced um, before. And uh, so I kind of, like, talked her through, like, what I thought were minimums and things like that. And then was like, okay, basically, like, you need to raise... Uh, two grand yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was like on the smallest budget. Right. Um, Cause I've definitely worked on festival shows where I've gotten paid like, um, like over a thousand dollars for the festival. Mm-hmm. And so their budget like, you know, is much higher yeah, right. than this one. Um, so uh, yeah. So that kind of like leads me to say like, because I knew that she, she was like, I might be able to get a little bit of money for my family and like I can put in a little bit of my money. Um, but I don't know where the rest of it's going to come from. Um, so like that is definitely a big thing compared to like the show that I got paid like a lot of money. I like know that um, their parents like just funded the project because yeah. they're able to. So that is like a big Thing, I think. Yeah. That was a long, I just rambled. No, a lot. it's okay. I have like a couple of questions. Yeah. If great. I can ask them. Yeah, please do. Um, they're kind of chronologically with how you rambled. Yeah. Great. Which we loved. Um, the first one was you were talking about uh, festivals and, you know, playwrights submitting for festivals and things. Uh-huh. What do you think is like the benefit of submitting for a festival rather than like a residency at like a theater or um, some of the other outlets that you can find in New York? Well, I think from my experience or knowledge or whatever is um, it takes a while to workshop a play and people before they accept you in um, some sort of residency or something like that want to see that you've been working on this play and that you have staged it before. Like those bigger theaters like don't want it to come in fresh. Usually they're like, okay, what other steps have you taken with this show? Um, Because the writing process of shows is long and um, you kind of have to put it up on its feet to, figure out what's working and what's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so you feel like extent. the festivals are like the first step in, yeah. in a new work yeah. process. Yeah. Unless you're a really established playwright and you already like are working with those bigger theaters. Right. Um, I, yeah. You have to kind of get people to come see it um, and see like the interest. Yeah. Or like why they should be interested in the show. Yeah. 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 So then like, what are some ways that these uh, playwrights in the past or producers that you know, like what are some ways that they have like done fundraising and, and gaining money? I don't know, <laughs> honestly. Like I, so many people have like Indiegogos and things like that or Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I truly don't know like 
who all they reach out to. Yeah. Um, I did have a conversation with somebody else this, this past week where she was like, yeah, like all the actors and like the team will like share it with their family and like everybody should be able to get like a couple hundred dollars or whatever. And I was like, listen, I'm working on four shows right now that have some sort of fundraising aspect to them. And also like, like I don't have that many people to ask for money personally, but also, um, I have four shows right now right. that are asking for money. And like, even if I did have more resources to ask for money, like I couldn't ask for it for every show. So I do think it ends up falling on. So that was a surprise to her. Cause she was like, Oh, like I thought like everybody from the team would be able to bring in some money. Oh, and I was like, no, like this is kind of on you because everybody else is working on other projects. Right, 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 right. If that makes sense. Yeah. This is a playwright that this is, is this like a first uh, festival that they have done or um, the one I, the two that I've talked about are two or the two examples I've given are different. Um, but uh, one of them, it's their first way that they're participating in a festival like this. And then the other one is their first festival in the U S. Oh, so we're also dealing with like some differences between here and the UK. Oh, very. Oh, interesting. Where it seems like a lot based on just like things that I've picked up from what she's been saying. Like it seems a lot easier to get money for projects in the UK. Yeah. But also there's so many projects going on right now. Right. That like, even if you were to like reach out to interest groups about like whatever the show's about, um, or like for whatever the show's about, um, there could be three shows like happening this year that touch on like motherhood or something like that. Like, at minimum, you know, uh, so even like those interest groups or something are probably tapped out in some way. Yeah. So it, it that becomes a big question of like, who, who are you asking for money? And I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned something about, uh, financial and societal, um, influence on that. And I yeah. would love for you to like expand on what you meant by that a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, like, for the shows that are able to just have their parents be like, here's $5,000, go. Um, you know, like, that show is going to get produced at such a higher um, budget level and, like, quality uh, as far as, like, the space you're able to rehearse in or the props you're able to have, like, things like that, the designers you're able to pay. Like, all those things are able to make your show look more glamorous. Mm -hmm. Um and make people value like the time that they're spending working on it more. Um, so that show is, it's, you know, it's a leg up, it's privilege, it's financial privilege as like what they're able to, how they're able to present and probably the people they're able to get into the room to see it and see like if they want to produce it further, like things like that, where if you're working under the constraints of um, trying to fundraise $2,000 yeah. Um, rather than just being given, you know, five grand or something like that. Like, uh, and these are small, small budgets we're talking about. Right, right, right. Um, then uh, that kind of becomes like, you know, that shows like different levels of, of privilege in the work. And like those things matter, unfortunately. Like it is not just about like the script being good always. Yeah. Um, you want to have like a really clean and well put together presentation. Um, for people to show interest and like to take it to the next level because then that's where you try to get like bigger companies to produce or like individuals to they have to see like it's like like alpha testing or going on shark tank or something yeah, you know, yeah that's yeah, kind yeah. of what festivals are they're like shark tank um and you have to like be able to show like through 
um, how neatly put together everything is, um, that this is going to be a product that can, people should invest in and, and will go the distance, you know? So I guess my question is then uh, more so like, how are you combating this, this, this very clear privilege financially, um, or how can you, is there a way? I don't know that I figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, or I have not figured that out. And I don't feel like, um, at least currently, like my job requires so many other things of me, um, in this process of the show that I ha- have been very like straightforward with these people that I'm working with and been like, I am not part of fundraising personally. Like I'm going to take on hiring our designers, getting a cast, putting the fucking show together, you know? Um, and doing the directing stuff and like, that's on you to fundraise. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a really tricky way to get any new work produced. Yeah, for sure. When you have limited resources. Yeah. And I think like in theory, the other way to get it produced is like these, all all these off broad, off, off Broadway nonprofits, um, which there are so many of in New York, which is great. So then I think like that is a different aspect, but like you have to have a connection with these companies um, in a way that like not all shows do or like they don't all fit like the mission statements of these companies or something or their seasons are planned out like two years in advance, all that kind of stuff. Um, Because I think like if I were to, if I were a playwright trying to get a work produced, like I would um, work with one of the 501c3s that I have connections with um and mold whatever I'm working on to fit like whatever parameters they need to be produced because 501c3s can apply for grants and um can you quickly explain what a 501c3 is yeah it's a nonprofit organization and it just like that is like your tax status with the um with the government and so people can donate to you and have tax deductible donations basically is like kind of the big thing, but a lot of foundations um, specifically donate to 501c3s. Producing new work in New York in particular, because we, I, I'm assuming we're not speaking across the field. No. Yeah. Um, is such a, a loop, like a, a big loop of, um, of butts, like quote unquote, like butts, like, you want to produce new work and you need money, but you need to have proof that you've done these, done it previously. And then if you're (laughs) like, okay, let's do it. And I'm going to submit to a festival, but I don't have the money to produce it to a standard of which it could move forward. So it's, it seems like really tricky. And some festivals are even pay to play. Like, um, besides all the costs, the like operating standard operating costs that you have in order to rehearse and perform a show, um, some festivals require a buy-in. So again, it's like the people that can afford to buy into that festival are the ones being produced. And I feel like that's really telling with like, even on a bigger scale of like Broadway. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. this is the first step that puts you on that path. Yeah. Um, and even for off Broadway, like, um, my roommate Kimberly talks about this all the time. 
She works in off-Broadway marketing. Um, Hi, it's future Jordan here. I just wanted to chime in really, really quickly and say that since we've recorded this episode, Kimberly's company is now working on two shows going to Broadway this season. The shows are six and The Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical, which are both very, very exciting. So I just wanted to throw that in there and I'll let you get back to it. Um, But like, it's all just about having the money to work in the theater to like, cause all the theaters in New York are just like rental spaces, like event spaces. Like you would just go on and you'd say like, when are you available? Oh, okay. For September and August, I could put up my show. And it just is about having the money to do that, to be able to rent the space and then hire all the people and, and do the thing. Like that is, that is the barrier to entry of producing an off Broadway play and by extension a Broadway play. But like, um, it's a, it gets a little bit more complicated, I think, just with scheduling and things like that, like yeah. in Broadway theaters and the amount of money that it costs to run. Um, but like doing a limited run off Broadway, literally anyone can do it mm-hmm. if they have the money. Yeah. It's not about quality of work at all. Let's get down to the deep question of why do it in New York City? This is the place where new new work like comes to be and is the pinnacle of like to some people is the pinnacle of theater in the U S and in the world. Yeah. Um, and producing in New York eventually at some point in theory is how you always comes back to like how you make a living as an artist. Yeah. 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 Do you think that like producing new work is something that's teachable or do you think it's mostly something that you have to learn by trial and error? I think it's teachable. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely strategy to it. And I feel like even in the two years that I've been here, like I've learned so much about like self or like small group producing and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely like, was able to sit down with these playwrights more recently and be like, all right, these are the things that I've seen and that I think you need and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I definitely think it's teachable and like the way to go about doing all that stuff can be strategized. I just think um, that's definitely not something that we focused on at all in school. Yeah. What can we do or anyone else who is in that place like right now to help that change? I don't know. And to be honest, like, I don't know that I believe in theater as like, um, the answer for like solving like these social and political issues. Oh, interesting. What do you Um, mean? Uh, like when I have to think about it of like, should you give money to us or should you give money? Like us being like, uh, you know, new voices in the theater. Um, or should you give money to Planned Parenthood? Like, give money to Planned Parenthood right should you give money to new voices in theater or should you give it to groups that are helping immigrants yeah give it to the groups that are helping no yeah like no I don't I I don't think that this was a question about like would you rather give you like no but that's what it comes down to is like if we're gonna change the scope of the theater like we have to have money from people that are giving to those causes and like I I don't know how to convince people mm-hmm. to give to theater um when there are so many other things happening in the world that need that money that are like more to me it's way more important to give money to that than to theater and like once we have a utopia then like we can 
do theater. I do believe that the arts are important. Obvious, like obviously, I would not be sitting here if I didn't. Um, but I think, like specifically right now in the world, it's really hard to make the case for arts um, over something else. Which I think, like at any time you're, you're giving money to something, um, that's money that you could be giving to something else that is not the arts. Mm-hmm. So, in conclusion, so in conclusion, quit theater. Okay, everyone, that's good. Probably. Okay, that's good. That's really good, solid advice. Yeah, I'm going to become a lawyer. (laughs) Okay. Well, this has been an uplifting episode. Yeah, this is great. Um, Ebbs and flows, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not surprised that this is where this episode ended. No, no, probably not. Um, Well, I guess if you want to hear more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see what happens next week. Yeah. It'll be an interview. Um, maybe we'll, uh, be positive about the future of theater. Tune on in for, uh, for an interview with, uh, someone who maybe wants to stay at theater. Maybe not after this episode. (laughs) Um, if you want to hear more, listen to us. We release episodes every week. Um, you can send us an email if you want to combat what Margaret's thoughts. Yeah, please. Somebody like send me an email that convinces me that I'm wrong. Like I would yeah. love to be told I'm wrong, please. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it it's not me in this moment. Yeah, no, that's fine. We're also out of time. Yeah. So where <laughs> yeah. should somebody send an email? Um you can send Margaret an email to combat her thoughts at set the stage podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Or, or you know, if this one you want to just send it to my personal, you can find that on the internet. Yeah, you can find it. Um Margaret's got a really great website. Um I've looked at it many times. Um you're welcome. <laughs> um or if you want to send us a DM or like a tweet or something like that, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at set the stage podcast. Podcast. And we really hope that after this week you will tune in again. <laughs> yeah, no, like, let's see. Where do we go from here? No one knows. No one knows. Uh, hopefully we'll figure that out. I get, yeah, it's just a big old question mark. A big old question mark. I also didn't do a theme song this week. Oh, I totally forgot. We are broke. We will not do any theater because we got no money. According to Mark. That's my, uh, we're broke and we're, we're theater is dying. So yeah. Great. To the tune of, uh, we are young. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. All right. Have a great week. Uh, yeah. Everyone. Thank you. We'll Thanks see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>